Hey everyone, before you uh, listen to this episode, we want to give you a little bit of a disclaimer. Um, we had some technical difficulties. Uh, the audio did not record for this episode you're about to listen. The good news is our video camera that we're using for YouTube did catch the audio for this episode. We're going to try to clean as up much as possible. We just want you guys to know that we're not stepping down our game. It was just a bad situation, and we just don't have enough time to go back and try to re-record it. So please enjoy the episode, but also please be patient and recognize that we will be back to our normal sound last week and got our fingers crossed that it doesn't sound that horrible. Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. What's up, everybody? You're listening to Light the Fight. So if you accidentally press on our podcast when you meant to listen to one of your other podcasts, welcome. <laughs> thanks for the mistake. Appreciate it. That's right. We're happy to we're happy to be here. We're definitely happy to be here. So Heidi, it's that time of year. Fall time is around the corner. People are sending their kids back to school. If you're a loyal listener, you know we've been talking a lot about that. Also, if you're a crafter. Now is really the time to kind of start getting your holiday craft. Yeah, I was setting it up for you. I knew it. I was setting it up for you. So give the plug. You know, you should tell our listeners where they can find you coming up in just a few weeks. Give a little plug for that. Oh, man. Yeah, if you are local, we do know we have a lot of local listeners. But if you're local, you probably have heard about Swiss Days. It's kind of a big deal. It's up in Heber, Midway. I don't know if they... Right up there. There's a little Switzerland area up there. I don't think it's part of the United States. It's like this little forest where... Yes, yes. And I got to tell you, we have been grinding on new designs and making new stuff. And it's kind of fun. I was actually at the shop really late last night. I'm kind of excited. And I'm, I'm going to have to start sneak, sneaking some geeks, but it, it's fun. You know, and this is like... This is the kind of thing that just makes me tick is just new products. It's it's when you have to like look at spreadsheets and pay taxes. I don't like that part. Oh yeah. <laughs> Part's so rated. Why are you paying taxes for? Gosh, I know. I haven't paid taxes in a decade. Don't tell the IRS. Oh, I just oh, did. Too late. Dang it. No, anyway, so so yeah, you guys come to Swiss Days because it's gonna be fun. And they have scones. There you go. And Utah is known for two things, fry sauce and scones. So good. And they have fresh raspberry jam and scones. That that is good. It's longer than Shake Shack. Really? Yeah, really big lines. But it's, you know, you you pay someone to stand in the line. (laughs) You got to get a system. Anyway. (laughs) <laughs> so well you guys can go visit her at Swiss Days and I'm pretty sure it is Midway right I think it is I think it's Midway yeah I think it is because it's like right in between those cities right there so 
Go check it out. Is there a website? Is there something that advertises that, like, online? I mean, you're going to have it on your social media page, of course, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, just follow Heidi Swap, assuming that you're already following her. But there might be a couple new listeners that don't follow you. Well, follow her. Make that happen. Fun stuff. We're, we're, here's, here's the thing. If you don't own one of my donut boards, maybe I should just, you know, maybe I should pay sponsorship now. Hey, weren't we talking about like giving away some official Heidi Swap stuff to some of our listeners? We gotta we gotta have yeah, a discussion about that we for should. the fall time because no one makes fall fly like Heidi. That's serious. That's true. Yeah. That's true. We need to give away. Okay. Anyway, sorry you guys. Anyways, back to the regular <laughs> scheduled programming. That was just us getting out a little bit of the ADD and warming up a little bit. Um, we just want to remind you guys: if you got a teenager out there and you need some counseling, go to teencounseling.com backslash ltf. <laughs> It's it's just the new it's the new world. We're in 2019. It's going to help you jump through all the hoops and barriers that would come with normal counseling. And if you're one of those people who are unfortunate enough to not have access to good counselors in your area, or they're full and you can't get in to see them, go to teencounseling.com. Use backslash LTF to get your 10% discount. And all the feedback we've been getting so far from the listeners about the effectiveness, how quick they follow up, how fast you get to start talking to a therapist and working for a therapist. And it's and half the price yeah. of coming to see me. So that's another bonus. Yeah. Anyway, I think it's worth checking out. So even if you just hop over to their website, download it, check it out. You can kind of look at the questions that they're asking. Um, it's, it's pretty cool. So, yeah, and of course, as always, our community sponsor, 1-800-CONTACTS. Not only do they have great contacts, they have great people. They've been helping us out. Since uh, since last year this time, so we want to give a big shout out and thank you to them. And uh, um, I also want to give a little uh, pub if you're local too on August 24th, is it? September. No. For, so if you're local here, um, uh, the Daybreak um, community is uh, doing a lantern festival. And I, I've been fortunate enough to have them uh, choose uh, the nonprofit that, that I run as a beneficiary of some of the proceeds of the festivals. If you want to have a good time with your family, food trucks, entertainment, the lanterns, the whole entire deal, come on down. You're going to see uh, me and uh, some of my young uh, peeps, some of my uh, soldiers out there, my teen soldiers will be out there at a booth. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's going to be a great family fun event. So make and sure I'm to just, show up. I'm going to tell you this, that when you go, you might see these enormous seven-foot lit up marquee letters. I almost forgot. <laughs> Spelling out the word daybreak across the lake. Just think of me. Cause, and actually Eric and Colton, because they actually did the work. No, think of them arguing and fighting <laughs> over the process. And they turned out so good. Yeah. And this, we had to, they commissioned us to make special stands that can withstand the wind. Cause you know, you oh, know there's going to be wind. And, I'm just hoping um, there's no lightning, because that's the time of year where you get the lightning in the I afternoon. Know. So. But you guys, it's going to be great, so check it out. Yeah, yeah, so please come down and visit, and like I said, I'll be down there if you want to swing by and say hi. One more event that let's chat about really yeah. quick while we're on the subject is August 27th. And this is, actually again, another event actually in Heber, which uh, up in that Heber area. It's at Was Wasatch High School. Um, we're going to be back to our same old tricks uh, it's a don't freak out event from 6 to 8 p.m. And um, we'd love to see you there. So it's free to get in. Um, it's at, again, Wasatch High School. So if you check out our social media at Light the Fight on Instagram, you'll be able to see um, the, the address and all the information. 
And we would love you to share that information. So if you know someone in that area, help us get the word out. You know, these community events, you know, in Heber and a lot of the out, you know, the outside of the city of the big, you know, metropolis city of Salt Lake. And very, metropolis, city. <laughs> very metropolis. But no, some of those outer, outer outskirts cities, they're doing so much to be able to so get resources. Yeah. They're very proactive. You know, and they are smaller. So, you know, I'm assuming it's probably easier for them to make decisions, you know, less people to go through. But just our hats off to Heber, you know, and, and all those uh, smaller cities that reach out to us. And we're very thankful for the opportunity to come and talk to the people out there because, hey, it doesn't matter where you live. If your kids are going through a difficult time, this information is going to be helpful. So if you're coming into town for Swiss days, boom, twofer. <laughs> Get yourself a twofer. You can stay at what's that, Zergot Lodge or Zermont. Zermont. I've stayed there before. Yeah, the I'm, Zermont. We're staying there. You're staying well, at the Zermont? Yeah, because, you know, we got we can't go be going back and forth during Swiss Day. Haven't done the hot springs across the street, but I heard it's yeah, quite the experience. <laughs> so for all those people that are coming in town for Swiss Days this <laughs> year, because I'm sure you're out there. But now, <laughs> let's get to the, the podcast. So, um, again, our topics usually come from conversations that we've been having with people or Heidi's life. <laughs> and she just changes the words, She you know. She says, yeah, I got this friend. I got a lot of problems. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but we've been talking so much about getting your kids ready for high school or school of any sorts because it's that time of year now. But unfortunately, there are a bunch of parents out there that when you send your kids off to elementary school, middle school, and high school, you'll send them off, you'll drop them off, and you'll show up only to walk inside your house and see there's a big kid <laughs> laying in bed that it's no longer in high school. And these big kids, they're kind of like bears hibernating. It's like you don't want to try and wake them up. Like once they go and lay down for a while, you know, sometimes it's rough at those streets. You know, they're up till two or four o'clock in the morning. They don't have to pay rent. So they got a lot of extra money to be throwing around around town, to be buying new fancy things. And the problem is, is, that money that they use on all those things doesn't make it easier for them to use that money to move out and take care of themselves. <laughs> well, now, in fairness, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of, I'm gonna kind of shed some light here. First of all, um, even though we do draw a lot of information from the podcast, I was not referring to her. This my time. this this is not actually totally my problem. But here here's what's interesting. Number one is that I do have two adults that are living in my house that are out of high school and are kind of going, what did we get, get ourselves into? Because you know what, you know, they're kind of in that realization where you think high school is hard when you're in high school. And then you get out of high school and you're like, what was so hard about that? Why did I think that was hard? Because now I don't even know what classes I should take and I got to pay for them. And I gotta, I pay, I gotta pay for a parking pass. This is bunk, you know. Like, well, that's assuming you've even made the decision to go to college, because some right. kids are sitting here going, "Do I still have time to sign up for classes?" Right, right. And so, so here's the thing: it's a big transition, and um, and it's not super intuitive, really. Um, and so he, here's the thing: here's what's interesting. So I took a little social media break, um, for for ten days, and I really wish. Beep. It, it was a big break. I kind of wish that I would have said it was a month. But anyway, um, when I came back online, and I'll have you guys know, I did not even cheat once. I, right. did, I did actually not even feel tempted to cheat. Like, 
It was really good. A really good break. Anyway, um, I came back and I had so many messages. Um, there was a lot of messages on Life to Fight, a lot of messages on my own account, and a lot of messages about adult kid stuff, which is, you know, well, let's let's it. call it what it really is. It's not a message. A lot of what the heck do I what the heck do I do? Yeah. Like, yeah, and what was... Some desperate, like, what, how do I handle this? What was interesting is that in our last workshop, I really felt like the theme was very Older. much adult children. Adult children, yeah. Um, because even though, like, you guys, parents, even though we think, okay, let's just get them to 18, and then they're adults, the reality is they're never done being your kids. It's a lifetime sentence, as David would say. Um, but... Actually, really more importantly, it's a lifetime partnership. And so even though the partnership, the schematics change, the, the roles change, and we, we know that the roles reverse, um, no matter what age your kids are, they're your kids. And effort has to be put into these relationships. But it does absolutely 100% change the game when... You really want to start, you know, empowering them. So anyway, today um, I kind of I kind of came to David today, as you guys know, I kind of bring the problems, and David brings the solutions, um, which I'm really glad I'm not the solution person because I suck at that. <laughs> um, but I provide I, the suggestions. Suggestions. For a there you go. There you go. Um, several comments about things like. How do I motivate a child that is an adult? How do I get them to get their crap together? You know, how do I make them want to go to that next step when maybe the place that the, the your home is way comfortable? You know, and I don't know. Because I'm kind of, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I'm kind of in this place where I'm having a hard time wanting my kids to leave. I kind of, maybe, like, I know that they need to move to that next step. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they're fun. And you, you know, I like having them around. And so anyway, this is a tough, it's a tough topic. And so I, I appreciate you being willing to kind of chat about this. Yeah, no, I, I was reading some of the questions that came through and they were just like you've mentioned, like, how do I motivate my teenager who's not in high school anymore? How do I get them to look for a job? How do I get them? Because a lot of these are people that they're not really even doing a lot. Well, because the reality is if, if they had anxiety in high school, it didn't automatically get better. Just yeah. Graduation, you don't get a diploma you that takes away your anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> and the hope is that you would, wink, wink, right? Sorry. You hope that it does. But, yeah, the, the harsh reality is that all the things your kids were saying that they're going to do after they graduate, some kids follow through or at least take some steps. And they may not even know if it's what they really want to do. They're just going for it. And other kids are kind of waiting for the right situation. They're waiting for everything to be right, the right job, the right people. And I wouldn't even say that these adult kids, the um, – their uh, their standards or their expectations are too high. I would just say that they're just completely unrealistic. 
<laughs> and, and, and I mean, unrealistic of what life should be giving them. Right. And unrealistic to think that, and I'm not singling out, I'm being very general, obviously, but it's very common that someone will come to me and tell me that the only reason why they don't have a job, or the only reason why they're not going to school or making decisions, because all these things didn't line up perfectly. Because up until you graduate from high school, everything is done for you. School's there, you just have to show up. Everything is required, done for you, required, done for you. You have to show up and do some things, obviously, but there's a system kind of set up for that. And then all of a sudden you're an adult, and then it's like, okay, you're on your own. And parents just kind of hope that their older teenagers would have figured it out by now. But that's not really a good strategy. You know, our parenting partnership that we talk a lot about here on the podcast and that we're going to be doing local events for, telling people how to do it, that's for high school. But when your kid graduates, and going off what Heidi said, most parents, as frustrated they are with their kids, they're not ready to let their kids go because they don't see anything that shows them or they don't see enough things that show them that their kid's ready for that next step. But selfishly, they don't want the relationship to end like that. They don't want um, assuming there is difficulties in the relationship. Not everybody's going to have a really bad relationship with their kid when they're at this point in their life. But if their kid doesn't move on and move out and figure some things out, the relationship will get sour. Sure. So if it's either bad getting worse or it's not too bad and it's going to get worse. If you've listened to our episode before on expiration dates, we talk a lot about how every relationship has an expiration date. When you're done with high school and that living part of your life, the expiration date on your staying with your family, now the clock is ticking. So the outside of high school parent-teen partnership is just a basic three-month thing that I tell parents how to do. It's similar to the parent-teen partnership in the sense that they're agreeing to do some things that's going to show progress, and you're agreeing to give some freedoms that you don't really want to give, but if you don't give them, you'll be fighting over the freedoms and they'll never move out. You'll be too caught up in the problems for them to feel like you're supporting them. Um, your teenagers, even the adult ones that maybe they've been out of school for two or three years now and are still at home, but without a real plan. Three months is you set up, and this is how all the parents have done so far, so this would require you as parents having some sort of resources of money and helping your kids out a little bit. Um, set up three months. And in those three months time, or we say whatever that date is three months from then, we'll say, okay, on this date, you're going to already have been moved out by this date. This is the date that's the last date that you're going to move out. And here's the reason why you're going to agree to this. And here's the reason why this is going to work. One, I explained to them about expiration dates on relationships. I've never had a teenager and a parent say, oh, if we continue living together like this, everything's going to be fine. I have people tell me that, well, it's not really that bad after they told me how horrible it was. I go, no, I'm dismissing what you just said because that didn't make any sense. You just told me we're here because this is a problem. But people want to protect their way of life. I say this over and over again. It's so it doesn't matter how bad their way of life is. They want to protect it. Like, no, I don't want to change because this has worked for me always. Well, it's not working in 2019 especially when your kids are no longer in high school, the resentment that will grow between you and your kids is not choosing the relationship first. So you pick 30, you pick 90 days and that date. But what I have parents do is say, if your kid goes and does a couple basic things, then what you're going to do is you're going to help them with a moving, a moving deposit. And by the way, this gives parents that don't have the money three months to try to save it, put it together. Some parents do the move in deposit and they go get them a little bit of furniture and kind of get them set up. 
Because most time parents expect helping their kids go into life if their kids do it on their own. So a lot of parents are embarrassed and ashamed that their kid isn't moving on with life. So they don't get to launch their kid. The, the happiest I've seen parents, now I'm not saying that you have to do this to be happy. When the parents have a date that they know they're saying goodbye, they're sending them off, they're setting them up in their college dorm, they're going to the MTC or sending their kid to the MTC if, if they're Mormon and they're a missionary, or they're going off to college and they're putting them on the plane. There are these ceremonies that we're used to doing when there's been a successful transition into the next stage of life. But when we're embarrassed and ashamed and we're disappointing our kids, we don't celebrate them because they're not giving us anything to celebrate. So instead we say, okay, when I say we, generally speaking, people have a tendency to say, if you're not doing anything to help your life, well, why should I do anything for you? Well, then the kid still needs the help. They still need to feel like they want to launch successfully, but there's no plan to launch. It's just waiting for your kid to figure it out. So you set 90 days, and then after you set 90 days, whatever that 90-day mark is, for most people, it's like the first month after 30 days, you're now going to pay for your own cell phone. After 60 days, you're not going to pay for your own car insurance. Depending on their financial situation, how much you want to help them out, sometimes people continue to pay for something that the kid would still need. But what you do is each month, you slowly pull something back. Now, a lot of parents in these situations, their kids don't even have a job. It's like, well, if my kid doesn't have a job, I can promise this in 30 days, but how or in 90 days, how are they going to get a job in 90 days, do all these things, be ready to move out? It's not going to work. I said, okay, well, the problem is that they haven't had the experience moving out and putting a time limit in 90 days. I said, did your kid graduate from high school? And assuming, because most people's kids do graduate from high school, get some sort of diploma. I said, did you ever doubt in their senior year that they weren't going to make it? And they usually laugh saying, yeah, all the time, but they made it. So why did this happen? Simply because they were so motivated to graduate by May 27th? No, because the high school said on May 27th is the day we're graduating whether you're there or not. Right. So the way this works is the day this comes up, you're moving out whether you're ready or not. Now, this is where parents start to get a little panic. But this is a reverse psychology, psychology trick. Instead of telling your kids, instead of telling your kids that they have to move out and kicking them out, you're saying at this date, we're gonna help you move out. Or anytime before. All you gotta do is get a job, find your own apartment, because you don't wanna be involved in them getting a job or the apartment, because then if they don't like the apartment, it's your fault. If they don't like the job, well, they didn't wanna take it, they only took it to make you happy. There's too many things that they can dump off on you, because that's what kids do. They don't hold themselves accountable. It's a lot easier if they can just make it their parents' fault or their siblings' fault. So in this situation, after in that 90 days' time, every family is gonna do it differently. But if you can add one more thing to their plate and take away one of your responsibilities for them, I've never had a family do this where they actually had to make it to the 90 days. Every single time the kid has moved out before the 90 days. And when I say this was some miracles for some families, I wish I had some of these parents here that would sit here and be like, uh, Your Honor, I testify in a court of law that I did not believe my kid was going to move out in 90 days and they moved out before this. It blew their mind. Because there's something about feeling like, you're being moved on and it's honored. So many of these kids are already ashamed that they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing or they just are lazy or they stay up till four o'clock in the morning, they sleep till two and so their sleep schedule is all messed up. That's the problem, not the solution. If we give them a date and start that clock and that pressure comes on them, that's good. That's what we need to do. We just had the school do it. We had the kindergarten teacher do it. We had the school district. These systems were all set up. And now as parents, we're like, well, I don't know how to manage this because we weren't prepared for it. 
So this podcast, I really wanted to share that if you have this situation, you know someone that does have the situation, think about it like just a job. If there's a project for, for you, Heidi, you have Swiss days coming up. That doesn't mean two days after Swiss days you have the products ready. You have to have it two days before. Now, you told me, I don't know if you've said this on the podcast, there's been so many times that your best work came out of the necessity of every, having to do it and the time. timeline that it had to get done by. Every single Something about the pressure cooker. Now, if we wait too long to do our homework or if we wait too long to do our work projects, it can backfire on us. So we give them a timeline, but we said, if you agree to this timeline, we're going to support you. And when these kids have looked at the parents next to me, their parents weren't willing to support them. Before that, their parents say, when you get off your butt, when you start doing something, when you start contributing to this family, we'll support you. Oh, by the way, you're coming home too late and uh, you need to come home earlier. Then the kids say, well, I'm an adult. I don't have to come home you know, until this time. And then they go back and forth, back and forth all the time. They could have been using that energy to come up with a plan. But see, with kids, you have to offer something in exchange. Parents would say, here's the date you're moving out and you better figure it out before then. Look, there's no incentive there. And we're living in a world where people are used to getting something pretty fast for something that they did. So you're telling your kids, okay, in three months you got to move out. We're not going to help you in any way, shape, or form. Good luck. Then it comes that three-month time. The relationship blows up. You don't feel like sending them out because now you're sending off a pissed-off kid that hates you and you're frustrated with them out into the world. And that's not a good combination. Most parents tell me, I know this is going to work out. Two weeks later, they're going to come back. And I'm going to feel bad. And I'm going to be scared for them. And I'm going to invite them back, which is part of the reason why a lot of parents don't even want their kids to leave yet because they don't feel that their kids are ready. You're right. Your kids aren't ready to leave. And if they don't leave before the relationships expires, well, then now your relationship's out the window. Right. Well, and I'll shut up now. I just, I had to get that all out in like a long stretch. No, I'm glad. I think, you know, as I've been talking to some of my friends, so I find that my peers, a lot of us are having kids around this same age um, that, you know, they need to, they're going to college or they're, they're moving on and, um, like for me, and we all kind of talk about this, man, when I turned 16, I wanted to be at the DMV, get my driver's license on my birthday. And, you know, I kind of felt the same way when fall hit after my, my high school year, man, I was in a dorm and I'm so excited. I was like I was the one facilitating it. Like so all my friends were doing it. We were all doing this. And milk it as long as they can. But, but so what you're saying together. is, oh, is there a partnership and where you're saying, look, is, I don't have the money to support years. you. No. You, you know, I don't have the money to find There's too many options nowadays. Yes. And you can do a hundred things. You can live here. You go to school. But, or and, these are the things that would would be expected. Yeah, this is not really this is not really that scenario. This is the scenario where it's it's not going well. It could be horrible or it could be just all the right on the wall saying this is not looking good cuz now it's okay. Now a new high school year started, they're still not doing something. Or it could be they've been living with you for a couple of years and there's not really a purpose, there's not a benefit, a mutual benefit for both. So, let's give an example where this is totally acceptable and probably could work. The parent and the children have a solid relationship. May not be perfect, but solid. The kid goes to a local university or college and commutes and stays at home while they're working and going to school. That is such a rigorous, you know, thing, saving money. You know, they're really just home to sleep and eat and leave anyways. Okay, that makes sense. But the people we're talking about, 
this is an ongoing thing. This isn't something new that just happened in the summertime after they graduated. This is ongoing concerns for many months, maybe even years at times, that leads to their worst fear happening. My kid's going to graduate from high school and just lay at my house. All the jokes, they're going to be 40 years old, living in the basement. I'm still doing their laundry. It's every parent's worst fear because that's another sign of maybe I failed as a parent. Maybe I didn't prepare them enough. So this is just one of those preventative things. And one thing that I didn't mention when we're, when we're talking about this is how you approach this as a parent, you cannot, well, if you want to be successful, you can't make this about you. So a lot of times parents that tried to do this approach, they said, you know, this isn't working for both of us. You know, I'm getting resentment towards you. I'm being frustrated with you. You're disrespectful. And then they start harping on all the things that they don't like. And the message gets totally lost. Because now this turned into a lecture instead of you're offering them an exit strategy. So how this should be presented is saying, hey, listen, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that this is the coolest, sexiest place for you to live. You want me to let you out later. You, Whatever your kid's asking. So you want all these things. You want me to not nag you and stuff like that. And I want you to consider something. Maybe right now while you're living at the house, I'm not capable of doing that. Maybe my sleep issues at night and I'm putting on all my issues that I can't go to sleep till you come home. Maybe that's my issue. And the only way for me to heal from that is to have you not at home so I don't know what you're doing and I don't worry like you're a 12-year-old. So I have a suggestion. I would like to offer you a deal. A little partnership, so to speak. You tell them. You'll set them up. You'll hook them up. You know, you decide decide ahead of time what you're going to offer. Whether it's a thousand dollars down, thousand dollars it could be towards your down payment. It could be towards furniture. I'm not giving you cash, but you get the thing, right? Like we're going to spread out. Have you make food, whatever? You have thousand dollars just for you. Let's say that's what you do. But I need you to do something for me. And then let's choose a date. And then on the way towards it, you know I've been harping on you about coming home late at night because you're setting a bad example for your younger siblings, I'm going to get off that train. Just do me a favor. I'm not going to be bugging you about it anymore, but just do me a favor. If you know you're not coming home, send me a text earlier enough so I'm not getting that text at four in the morning. I would have went to bed if I would have got it at 11. So now I'm just waiting for you to come home. You're not coming home. My mind starts racing. So you're saying, do me a solid, but I'm going to set you up. And by the way, at this time when it comes, I'm going to help you move out. And all this happens. All you have to do is get a job or... Save it up enough hours, whatever. But I'm going to set you up. You deserve, just make it about all the things that got them to this point where they're struggling. That's irrelevant right now. Let's send you off the right way. We want to be proud of you. And you deserve for us to be proud that you made it this far. If you start getting into any of the frustrations it is for you to watch them suffer and how much it pains you and you know they're not happy, oh, you're making a whole lot of assumptions that even if they're dead on right, in fact, they'll be more mad at you if you're right. They don't want to hear that right then. They want it to be, oh, because here's what young people need. They need a story to go tell everyone that justifies why they're doing it. They need to go and tell. So what you do is you can already give you them guys, a hand-delivered so story. And making it about me. <laughs> I mean, I am. But by you not making it about you, you give them ideas of how they can go tell people when people ask them, oh, why are you moving out? Well, you know, it's just, you know, and they start saying more mature things. You know, I'm moving out because, you know, I was going to stay there to save some money, but I just figured that, you know, 
I'm at that age now where it's just so much better for me and my, per- my parents' relationship. It's going to be hard on my own, but you know, I'm definitely going to make it work. They need to tell a narrative and a story of them being successful. And the only way for them to tell that story is you got to present the stories if it's going to happen or if it's already happened, a.k.a. prepaid gratitude. Now, here's the here's the rebuttal I get from a lot of skeptical people that don't like to spend money. Because you're offering something because they didn't need. Your everyone. kid didn't deserve this. They didn't earn it. And you're giving right. it to them anyways. So what happens in this scenario is people come to me and say, okay, what happens when they're back in my house two weeks later? I said, this is the beautiful thing. Do you know how much easier it is to set up rules and establish boundaries once you've already changed the locks on the house? Do you know when your kid moves out, that room now became a sewing room, a knitting room. If you, if you have some macho boy, paint that room pink. I've had parents, I've told them, paint the room pink. And they go, what? I go, you have to make it so unattractive in any way, shape, or form. So now let's say two weeks later, kids go, you know, my roommate's just this, you know, blah, blah. And you're like, okay, so you're abandoning your contract. All this stuff's falling apart. It's like, yeah. In your mind, don't worry about their credit because you can always rebuild it. Because if you don't have a lot, you know, it's easy to rebuild. Okay, so don't even think about how the long-term effect can be. Just go, oh, t- gosh, you know, shoot, I, I would hate for have you come back and me have to worry about you at night. And you need that freedom. You need this, that. I tell you what, all you have to do is agree to these basic things and you have to make it some things that they really don't want to agree to. Oh, yeah, and we painted the room pink and, you know, your, your aunt's coming to stay there. Whatever it is you got to say, make it somewhat truthful, Right. So you make it so unappealing that they'll probably get pissed off, irritated, like, fine, never mind. I can't, why well, can't move in like that? Like, that's, uh, that's so stupid. You're going to make me pay you rent. You're going to make me this, that. You know, I didn't have these problems. Like, hey, man, I get it. But, you know, I, I'd be willing to do all these things for you. You just got to do these things for me. Make it so unappealing that they can really see how much they can take. Because freedom is really hard to give up once you get it. So you, this is the thing. It doesn't work simply because they stay out the first time when they leave the house. It works because you get them out of the house. And once you get them out of the house, now you can start a new relationship. And the new relationship says, if you're living with us, you're sleeping on a couch in a pink room. (laughs) Makes sense. They always take the freedom up front. If you give them an exit strategy to get out of your house and you just hype them up, make them feel like they're the hero, they're capable of it. And when they leave, you change everything because you don't want it to be the same place that they come back to because it's too familiar. And I like what you just said. And it's something we've talked about several times, even and especially kind of in this older kid category is how important it is for you to let them know that you believe in them. See, it's the sell. Even you though have to it's sell hard them sometimes, on that. right? It's, it's sometimes you're thinking to yourself, I don't know if this person can handle this. But them not being able to handle it is simply because they don't have enough experience. But they haven't tried it yet. And they haven't tried it yet. You're right. Because they actually are. You know, I mean. Well, and every time a parent tells me. When they were 12, me, they were making their own taquitos. Yeah, that was my point. Every parent tells me tons of reasons why they shouldn't trust that their kid can be a successful adult. And then I say, okay, now I want you to give me the equal amount of reasons why they could be successful adult. And they laugh and they joke. And sometimes they struggle to come up with anything. I say, because you've been problem saturated. You're identifying the problems that would make you believe. And there could be valid problems, but those problems are not a plan. They're not a structure. They're not... 
an approach to changing the situation, the more you think about the problems, the more it overwhelms you that there could be any solution. So that's why instead of thinking about the problems, just set it up so they have a chance to go out there and not be successful. So that then when they come back, now they have more realistic expectations and one of the problems is gone, that they've never moved out. As soon as they move out and have the experience, I'm not saying your kids can't come home. I'm not saying I strongly advise against it if it's a really unhealthy relationship because you can't heal when you're still living in the, the trauma area. If it's not a safe zone, you can't start a new relationship. You have to bury the old one, put it to rest. You can't sweep it under a rug. You have to put it to rest. That's why you, they have to leave. Now, the kids who are just nice enough and cute enough where they're really those in-betweeners where they're not bad enough that, you're, that you need to kick them out, but you can see they're milking it and they're codependent on the, the false sense of safety living in the home, the false sense of reality that they're an adult, but they don't do anything adult for themselves except for having adult freedoms, but they're not providing their own freedom. They're not working for it. Those are a little bit more difficult because it's so easy for the parents to justify all these reasons to keep them why they shouldn't leave because they like them around uh, by the way if you're not watching youtube <laughs> this one i'm staring at her that's why if there's some side moments i'm looking at her i know you guys this is tough this is tough and i and i said this i know before and i'll say it again i remember when i was a young mom you know, I'm I'm wrestling. You like, can tell the stab the ball stories again. No, no, no. Okay, good. Story. I was kind of hoping you would. But <laughs> you know, I've got. I can distinctly remember when I had my first three kids, three car seats across the back seat of the car, all three of them in diapers. You know, just it was so hard. It was hard to go anywhere. It was hard to do anything. I couldn't. I felt like I couldn't even breathe. And I can remember these moms at church, mostly at church, that would just look at me and be like, enjoy it. Because <laughs> it just gets so much harder. And I, and I, you know, you look at them like, come at me. You know, like that, those never fine words because you are like. How can it get harder than this? You are just getting your butt kicked. And then, and then it's true. It's different. But it's true, and um, and I I, I want to say this again. I want to say that this podcast and this message is about self mastery as a parent. And what what David's talking about might make you feel uncomfortable. Might make me feel uncomfortable because self mastery is is uncomfortable. It comes with a lot of natural resistance. Ab absolutely and and we know right we we know what's best and we know it's easier and we know what we'd like to do um well self-mastery means that you have to claim what you say and you have to claim what you do and you have to be in a leadership position and role but you're leading your own choices your own decisions and too often in life we get in jobs or in family situations where we're just used to being told what to do and so then we're used to telling our kids what to do but unfortunately, this is changing. It's evolving. And instead of telling them what to do, giving them ideas and opportunities to partner with them on things, actually is an experiential thing where you get to actually share all the different moods and emotions and difficulties. Most people want to avoid uncomfortable situations with their teens. 
It's just making sure you have the right uncomfortable situations. There's got to be some sort of end game to it, which is why putting a 90 is like three months. Mm -hmm. I just experiment with lots of people. I used to let people choose a time. And then three months just started to be the sweet spot. Because if we're talking about you're already bent on the relationship, you're frustrated, they've been there long enough, three months can seem like a long, long time. So if we put it to a year and we try to make it too safe, then we'll not have enough money. So, you know, let's make it to April. No, that doesn't put enough pressure on them. I've never had a class where it said, in a year and a half from now, we're going to take the test. <laughs> oh, because then nobody would study until the night before anyway. Yeah, a year and 364 days later, or year, I, I don't know, I screwed that one. Anyways, whatever's a year and a half in days, they'd study the day before. You get the, you get the <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, I think that gives us a lot to think about. And, yeah, chew on you that. know, start having conversations. And so it's probably even a good time, as you've got kids that are in high school, maybe they're not even close to this place. Just kind of start, like, painting the picture, you know, like, yeah. what are the goals and what are the expectations and start building that confidence in them that they're going to be ready and it's going to be exciting. I mean, you guys, the, the best time of life, like, living on your own, it's roommates, it's, it's a fun time of life. It's fun. And yeah, it's stressful, right? And you got to pay your bills and... But it's it's way better than those kids in diapers. <laughs> yeah, when you're trying when you're trying to, you know, have a like I love you, love you, FaceTime conversation and there's mom screaming in the background <laughs> and it's just so embarrassing for your adult kids that that's a big part of the problem too, is that they just feel so ashamed that they're there, but if they're not doing anything to change their situation, they take it out on you. Or they can take it out on yeah, you. Yeah. So Man. All right. Well, I'm sure glad we had this conversation. Yeah, this was a good one. This, this was a good, good conversation. Yeah. Um, so for all of you guys that requested us talking about this. There you um, go. There you go. We'd love to hear from you. Um, as Remember, always, complaints go to her direct message box. Happy emojis and compliments to mine. That's right. So you can, you can message us on Instagram. You can also email us. You'll find that email address on our website at likethefight.com. And we come to some of our events. Yeah. Come and say hi. Swiss Days Fresh Raspberry Jam. Come on. Come and buy come some Halloween decorations. <laughs> Maybe I should make some, some don't freak out decor. That'd be good. Oh, yeah, that is especially in the <laughs> Halloween time. That's right. Okay, we'll talk about that. I want to cut on that deal though, honey. All right, all right. Well, you guys, thank you again. Thank you as always for listening. Um, thanks for your feedback. Thanks for sharing us with your friends. Everybody hears this by word of mouth. So we appreciate you talking and sharing about it. If you get a chance to pop over and write us a review or give us a rating, uh, it helps us to reach more people, which is why we do this. So we would appreciate that as well. Um, so as always, we'll sign off for yet another episode of the guys for helping us. Keep the light. Keep the light on this place. <laughs> <laughs>